Halloween. Yes, or soon to be. I guess this w- is the Halloween week, Hall- this, Halloween month. We are eternally Halloween in this episode. It is Halloween. <laughs> yes, it is Halloween today. Okay. Now and forever from right now <laughs> when you're listening to this. So guess what? What? We have a guess that sound game that we're going to play for the first time today on this halloween episode am i right yes i have scoured the world for sounds of of my own selection and my own experience and i bring them to you to guess and enjoy (laughs) okay how many let's we should keep a score let's see how how many we can get right of each other's i brought um, seven, seven sounds to guess that I recorded myself. Um, I I also brought seven sounds. Perfect. <laughs> seven is the number of the devil if you plus one. So let's do this. <laughs> uh, I I think two of mine are unguessable. Uh, because. <laughs> Of their source. <laughs> Most of mine might be unguessable, so we'll give those as bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want to go first then? All right. Which one should I pick first? Um, let's do... Let's do this. How about that? Do you need to hear that again, or is that fresh on your mind's goal? <laughs> that's that's right right in my brain. Um, so at first, it sounded like a, a this is weird an oar going into the water or something, or like a boat engine. Mm-hmm. It seemed like there was some water sounds. Mm-hmm. That was pretty. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah, but maybe. At the end, it sounded like there's almost some like machine sound. I I almost want to say like a dishwasher. You're getting a little bit closer, but no, get that but as an. I, in, it, well, oh, okay. Are these Halloween themed sounds? Like, can I, do we have some constraints here? They're or all a little like all of mine sound? are all of mine are pretty creepy, in some way. Okay. Even if okay. they're not in like one, maybe when the answer comes out, you'll be like. Not uh, as creeped out, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. My my Halloween answer is uh, the oar going into the water of the boat that like uh, crosses the river of the dead. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I couldn't get a ticket on that, but um, <laughs> this was actually my sound recorder wrapped in a towel inside of the dryer while it's on. <laughs> And that so last I had part, washing machine 
kind of right but yeah uh, okay this last part was the door opening to the dryer yeah that was me Ah. opening the dryer door so gotcha (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm gonna give you a really easy one first okay but it's definitely got some spooky vibes to it let me see if i can uh, pull that up here Oh, that's definitely like your back screen door to your house that you have never oiled for the past 12 years you've been living there. Am I right? (laughs) Close. It's my front door that I've never oiled. (laughs) Dang it. That's even worse. (laughs) I think I get half a point for that. (laughs) At least. I I went to Brianna and I'm like, what's the spookiest sound in our house? And she's like, the front door. (laughs) I was like, okay. We need to oil that, apparently. Pretty creepy. (laughs) Pretty creepy. But I thought it was a very nice creaky door sound. Like, of the list of creepy door sounds, that should be up there. Your door is the creepiest? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) I I have a two... Well, no, I won't do that one next. I'll I'll do uh, this one. This one is coming next. Okay, some more water. <laughs> or blood. Or blood. Uh, uh, I'm going to say your sound recorder inside of a plastic bag in the shower. No, there's no more There's no more things of my sound recorder inside of something. So the, 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 there's a hint for all the recordings moving forward. <laughs> no, this was uh, a, a fountain that was running in the middle of the cold in this square outside in Oslo. And that last little splurt was like the one little shot of water shot up in the air. <laughs> nice. That's a good one. That's a good one. It did sound like blood though. I thought it's, I thought that maybe sounded like a decapitation. So that's why I did it. Yeah, it worked. Okay. Um, this one is, is also not so creepy, um, but is definitely Halloween themed. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. <laughs> like at the beginning of that sound, my mind, I, I thought of like a bunch of hay being thrown out, out onto the ground by like a hay harvester. And it was just. <laughs> but then, then it got like a little wet sounding at the end, which made everything worse. So then I'm thinking like pig feed. I think you went to the, went to a farm and you, you recorded some farmer throwing a bucket of slop out into the pig feeder that's what i think you did nick (laughs) am i right yeah that's that sounds right that's definitely halloween theme Uh, so this is uh uh, a child's hand digging into a bowl of candy what how did you why what that did not it's even a child (laughs) i did not expect that that was completely unexpected well done. <laughs> All right. I've got your next one. It's a two-parter, which is great. So you get two different recordings of the same thing in different okay. contexts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <sighs> 
and part two. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's, it's, it's a demon sucking up the souls of the damned (laughs) through his vacuum (laughs) or mouth. That's surprisingly close. Like both metaphorically and literally speaking, that was a really close guess (laughs) because it was actually this like drilling vacuum ish machine in this construction zone outside my house that's just like it's just drilling down to the ground and shooting water out of it and like plunking down you can hear it every once in a while like it almost sounded like train tracks but it's actually like this big drill clunking into the ground every every five seconds or so and then it gets really loud and it drills up and then you hear all the stuff coming out that's great (laughs) so it is basically a demon destroying the earth sucking out all of our joy you're right nick one point for you Okay. Okay. Uh, this is this is a kind of nondescript sound, so I doubt you'll be able to get it. Uh, but it's it's great. It's it's pure Halloween here. It's your chair creaking. <laughs> pure right. Halloween. My chair creaking. <laughs> Wait, was that? Did you actually play a sound? Yeah, yeah, it was just quiet. Okay, uh, maybe it's not a good enough sound. It is the jaw of a skeleton clacking. Oh, see, I thought you just couldn't get it to play because you got a new tablet you're trying to play it on. You didn't know how something went wrong and you couldn't figure it out and you were moving back and forth in your chair. So I thought I was listening to your chair creaking, but I was actually listening to a skeleton jaw jumping. Okay. We can see each other for everyone who's listening to this. If you didn't know, that's why I'm commenting on what I just saw, which was... <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> uh, All right. Here, here's my next one. No, wait. I did, uh, did that one. This one. Okay, okay. Um, Horse-drawn carriage over a river bridge. Yeah, I could go there. I almost don't want to reveal this now, so it could just be that, and everyone's minds forever. (laughs) But actually, that's uh, in, in Norway, the crossing noise when you cross the street is just this series of weird clicks, which is kind of creepy in itself, but it's like, like over again, and it doesn't stop, and there's no rhythm or pattern to it. It's like very monotone and repetitive. And then uh, it was raining outside, and there was a lot of bustling going on. So it was all of that at once. (laughs) I see. Okay. Um, My next recording for you is from another world perfect the the electromagnetic world oh yes um yes i i enjoy making recordings of the like emf stuff that 
electronics put off because it's weird. And also I used to have to do it all the time professionally because when you're listening to people's brains, sometimes other things get in the way and you have to listen to those too. (laughs) Maybe you can explain to the audience really quick in case anybody doesn't know how you record such sounds. Yeah, so um, there's lots of different ways you can do it, um, but basically any sort of like little thin piece of metal out in the environment will pick up um, electrical fields and magnetic fields, and those will be like transmitted as currents, and a current can basically be just listened to as a waveform instead of viewed as a flow of electricity. Uh, So that's basically what it is. Um, But there's all sorts of cool tools out there that make this easier (laughs) for the average person. Um, So I'm using the uh, Soma Ether, which is a uh, cool toy slash synthesizer that they put together that has um, electrical field pickups on it and magnetic field pickups on it and some contact pickups on it. And it has a cool little dial that lets you kind of adjust between those and so you can put it near electrical devices or touch it to electrical devices and hear uh, the different sounds that they make, um, which I think is super fun. Yeah, so Nick's not a conspiracy theorist, and he's not just making weird instruments that, that pretend to do something they don't. It's real. It's a real thing. <laughs> it's real. These are real sounds <laughs> from real electronics. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> These were not made from the air. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think you'll like this one. very specifically repeating at first i thought rotom the pokemon while it's sleeping but of course that would be the answer to everything electronic so i can't say that (laughs) (laughs) um that that little part sounded like a printer but i know that it's probably uh something that has to be running constantly that can never turn off so and it maybe was out in the wild. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with the cash register at Burger King. That is pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) Actually. (laughs) So it's not at Burger King, but it is the cash transaction machine at the track station. Wow. uh, Which is at our local rail service. So it's, uh, yeah, it's oh. it's a payment processing machine. That is amazing. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, I think you get four points for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that, <laughs> I really like sampling machines that communicate somehow, and usually like you know card readers and other things like that hooked up to the internet do, because communication protocols and electronics are usually pretty like custom like people make them for the application and they communicate at like kind of different intervals determined by the software and stuff and so you can get lots of interesting patterns and so that little like i guess printer kind of sound you were hearing is probably that like communication protocol like some like heartbeat packet checking in with like the payment service yeah and technically if you had enough time and uh, brain power you could decode everything through those sounds i would imagine because you could decipher what the message they're sending out is through the bits of 
Yeah, there's place, a really cool, but... <laughs> a really cool. Uh, I don't know. I guess you'd call it like a study or like a white paper, an example um, that somebody showed of being able to hack communication lines by looking at the little errors in power lines that ran next to them in tubes. It's like mm. the conduits to go through a building. There was like Ethernet lines going one way and then just like normal power lines going the other way. And you could hook up a device to like a power plug outside that was on the same electrical circuit and like see the slight waivers in communication due to the like fields of the transmission and the Ethernet. And you could determine what was being communicated over the Ethernet that way. That is really cool. And also a little strange. (laughs) Yeah, it is a little strange. (laughs) I like that though. Maybe maybe there will be new modes of communication we haven't even thought about currently. All right, here's your next one, Nick. Okay. Okay. Um rain on a car windshield. Dang it. <laughs> no, that one actually I was really ha- I was really proud of because it sounds like some weird muddied water, almost like water running, but it's not. It almost sounds like some mix of water running and and rain, but there's this repetitive part of something kind of clanking a little bit. I'm sure it was a little bit harder to hear because I'm playing it through a microphone, but um, it was actually the my double-walled dishwasher from a certain ah. angle. Yeah. So the dishwasher does come back. It does come <laughs> back. Yes, you would have guessed correctly had you guessed that five turns ago. <laughs> Dang it. Zero points. Okay, I got another one for you. I hope it's electric again, or is it normal? Uh, do you want an electric one or a normal one? I got both. I want an... Let's end on the electric one. I really like the electric okay. ones. That clicking was part of the recording, right? Yes. Okay. Hmm. It had a very strong, like, almost release sound. I hope it. I hope it. It's a, a kinetic chandelier sculpture uh, with flowing water that's that's spinning eternally on its way to hell. You got it. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Pretty close. So <laughs> it's a bridge over a river that comes from a waterfall called Ghost Falls, which is a haunted waterfall here, and. Uh, it's me jumping on the bridge and the bridge vibrating mm-hmm. in like patterns and like creating these like interesting clicking sounds and like reverberation sounds over Whoa. the water. I'm pretty on it with yeah. this yeah. audio. So another four points for you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> My mind is rewriting metaphorically all of your brain waves, Nick. <laughs> okay all right here's my next one all 
That yeah. sound was gross for some reason. I just transported us into the multiverse. <laughs> the Somehow... one you didn't want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, In my head, this is like really gross. Uh, I had this like vision of like somebody holding a bone and snapping it and then just like blood flying out of it. <laughs> what? <laughs> bone marrow becomes converted into blood for some reason and yeah. just shoots and out then it just bones. like sprays until it runs out of water or blood and uh that's that's it oh man was it that so close so close but yet very 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 far uh it was actually just me walking and uh opening my deck door into the very heavy rain Something very simple. <laughs> no broken bones and spraying blood marrow in today's episode. <laughs> I think I'm too too into the Halloween vibe right now. Yes, another electronic one. I'm really excited for this. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, hey, here we go. That might be my favorite white noise sample I've ever heard. That needs to be turned into a white noise tune. Some noise music. Um, It sounded very similar to cell phone data communication, but I don't think it was that because it was too consistent and it didn't end. So again, I'm going with something permanent that uh, doesn't communicate something specific during this recording. So... It had to be static enough that you didn't interfere it by listening to it. <laughs> um, hmm. By that pattern, too, it was checking fairly quickly. I'm going to hope that uh, that was some hardware device that connects to read a neural implant. Oh, I probably should have recorded something like that. Those ones sound, um, at least the ones that I've recorded, sound really high frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is not a neural implant, but it is related to the farm thing that you talked about earlier, because this is the, I don't know what it is. It's like a monitoring system on the side of like a grain silo that's Whoa. used to like load up train cars with grain this this explains why it wasn't communicating but it was what was it checking checking in with or was it like just making a reading or something maybe yeah maybe it's like a force monitor or something but it was like a really high voltage thing which is also weird (laughs) Hmm. um so yeah uh i guess i did visit a farm but i didn't record the pig slop sounds Those are some pretty good sounds. I think I think we did good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I you did much better at guessing, like almost scary good at guessing. Yeah, I'm a, I'm surprised with myself as well. <laughs> what I think I think it's because I really really threw you completely out of uh, out of your mind with uh, putting my recorder in the dryer in the first recording. <laughs> Yeah, you started too strong, and then I thought it just had to go up from there, and you went down, and I was at 
bones and you were at the deck <laughs> yeah i mean usually i go i go really really to the extreme so i could see why you thought that but you know what was cool about those is that they all conjured some weird memory or ideas that obviously are far from reality because when you put yourself in a great mindset and then you interpret something you can make it into whatever you want that's what imagination and creativity in the season of death is all about yeah exactly limit the information you have available to you and your mind will go crazy with the possibilities (laughs) (laughs) great well i'm feeling very halloween this week uh i we have some pumpkins here i watched um the movie up because it was about death, and that was my compromise because my girlfriend and I were picking <laughs> picking scary movies to watch, and she was like, well, Up is about death. Okay, all right, I'll throw you a bone and we'll <laughs> watch Up. So I watched Up the other night, which is not very Halloween, but I also watched Sleepy Hollow, and I'm going to watch, uh, I think it's called November, and I'm going to watch... Um, I didn't watch the... Story of a Vampire, I think. Is that what it's called? With um, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. I think that's Interview with inter- a Vampire. Interview with a Vampire, yeah. That's what it is. That's a pretty classic one, too, but it's super long. But I'm feeling the false spirit. There's death everywhere. All the leaves are dying, and it smells nice outside. It won't stop raining here for some reason, which is actually adding that's to everything. That's kind of nice. Yeah, because yeah. it gets dark at like 5 p.m. also, and then it's just raining nonstop. So I really feel like I'm on the way into the pit of mud. (laughs) (laughs) I am also living the Halloween vibe here. Um, I've been really enjoying some video games that have put out some like Halloween content. Me too. What have you been been playing? Uh, So Animal Crossing. Mm -hmm. We decked out our our town in Halloween stuff. That was great. Um, (laughs) We've been playing Borderlands, which also had a Halloween update. Hmm. Uh, That's that's been a pretty good time. Um, And then I guess those are the main ones, but it's definitely been fun. What did Borderlands put in? Sorry. uh, Oh, yeah. they they (laughs) It's kind of weird to think of like a first-person shooter Halloween. So they put in... um, it's already a horror game. I don't know what they would add. That's why I'm asking because it feels like it is Halloween. There's like, it was like psychopaths running mission. at you and screaming. <laughs> yeah. It was some side mission to take you to the pits of heck. And basically in this in this new area, um, there's enemies that are crazy, just like in normal Borderlands. But they are like possessed. So when you kill them, ghosts come out and the ghosts try to like terrorize you or uh haunt you and so um you have to like shoot the ghosts also before they get you and there's like lots of pumpkins that you can shoot and they explode um in Mm -hmm. graveyards and stuff like that and you end up going down into the these like deeper and deeper pits into heck and uh that's where we are currently cool that sounds fun yeah Uh, and got a new harvest of pumpkins in from our neighbor who had some extra pumpkins and gave them to us. So that's Your been fun. Neighbor, you live in a townhome. Who was growing pumpkins? <laughs> Na- okay. Like they live up the street. Okay. 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 
I was like just imagining a couple of rows over and somebody, instead of a bush right in front of their door, they just decided to dig that up and plant some pumpkins, <laughs> which would be awesome, by the way. That but, would be cool. Uh, I don't think HOA would go for that. <laughs> um, I made this, this uh, fall-themed ice cream. It's pumpkin ice cream, like spiced pumpkin ice cream with uh, candied nuts and oh God, sounds good. brown sugar and bourbon caramel sauce. How, it's, how it's can good. you tell us how to make it so I can make it? What do I do? <laughs> yes, I don't have an ice yes. cream maker, so keep that in mind. Oh, okay, then I don't know. <laughs> Come on, tell me with like a, a stainless steel bucket and some ice. How do I do it? <laughs> okay, okay. So get your stainless steel bucket. <laughs> Put some heavy cream in there and some normal milk in there. Maybe like a a one-to-one mixture of both of these things. Uh, like a cup of sugar. Uh, a can of like pumpkin puree. Uh, and then spices. Mm-hmm. And mix that up. And then separately you'll need to make caramel which is super easy just like take some sugar and cook it until it starts to brown and then as soon as it starts to brown pour in some heavy cream and then separately the candied nuts uh you can use any candied nuts you want i used cashews and so i did cashews and i just basically put cashews with some water and a bunch of sugar in a pot and stirred them until the sugar started to caramelize and coat the nuts and then i just sprinkled like cardamom and cloves onto them as Dude, they cashews cool. are so underrated that sounds amazing i'm, I'm gonna make yeah. some of that even if i don't put that on ice cream <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yeah so start make making your ice cream in the metal bucket with the ice stirring it around and then as soon as it's about frozen just dump in your other stuff and mix it in but how That's do you great. how much pumpkin do you put in how much pumpkin um is it just like, puree so, yeah, I did like one can of pumpkin puree per like three or four cups of ice cream mix, like ice cream okay. base. So it's almost half, one half. Uh, it's like a quarter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was just imagining a you know a can of pumpkin puree like a the spaghettio size can, the classic Campbell's soup can, the bigger <laughs> one. That's a oh, lot of yeah. pumpkin puree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds great no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really good ice cream it's like shockingly good um and it's definitely fall like sweet i'm i'm definitely gonna make some halloween food as well or fall food um i was playing rocket league which has been awesome because they always do a lot of cool halloween stuff and this time they made they made like two special event only modes you can play for the game on different maps Mm. and one Mm. of them which they only put up for like three days which i was kind of surprised about but it was so cool it was so they're doing ghostbusters theme for this uh halloween cool but they did uh it's it's called like haunted heat seeker and basically (laughs) for anybody who doesn't know what rock league is you're inside of this cage that's a soccer field and you're like remote control cars and you're playing soccer by hitting the ball with your car and you can get boost (laughs) and fly through the air and do crazy aerial tricks and stuff it's really fun but um they like distorted everything so it looked like it was being you were in some other dimension or it was being transmitted because it was like blurry almost tv fuzz from the 80s or 90s and then one side's green and one side is pink and the ball when it gets hit just like goes super fast and heat seeks straight toward the goal 
Uh, so you have mm. to be really, really accurate at where you are at all times and like predict where the ball is going to go in order to hit it. And if you get really good, like back and forth, sometimes it'll, you'll get like 12 hits and it gets really intense and it's, it was super fun. Um, and then I unlocked, like, there's this goal, uh, animation when you make a goal, this big puff of the jet puff man, whatever comes out and then he goes, Bleh, and then all this <laughs> goo falls down and like great stuff like that. Um, <laughs> And then uh, I also played Animal Crossing. And then what else? Oh, Pokemon Go has some cool Halloween stuff going on. Yeah, there's like special raids for different ghost and dark type Pokemon. They have a Halloween battle cup going on right now where you can only use like poison and bug and fairies and stuff. It's really, really pretty cool. Um, I've also been playing, I just remembered a game called Apex Legends, which is another, it's like a first person shooter battle royale game. Um, but they introduced this new mode where, because normally you play in teams of threes, like little squads of threes. So there's like 20 teams of three. Um, but in this mode, as soon as one of your teammates dies, instead of allowing you to resurrect them, they just respawn as a ghost and or a shadow, mm. I think is what they call it. And you just run around as this like really fast shadow um, that's like almost semi-invisible and just kind of dark. And the whole map is like dark with candles and like pumpkins and stuff everywhere. And you like attack people with claws and jump really far so it's 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 a definitely a creepy halloween mode but i've really enjoyed that one too what is that game called apex legends apex legends i've heard of it but i've never never played it maybe i will check it out yeah it's on it's on pc and console so it's pretty accessible nice um do you have any other favorite halloween stuff that you've made food or or items i saw um someone on twitter made this pumpkin they painted it light pastel pink and then they made everything with gold accents and then they drew other pumpkins on it and then labeled them like a scientific diagram it was really cool oh that's pretty cool um so i get really into pumpkin carving but i carve like the night before halloween so um this friday but i'm still working on picking my design uh i got a a few in the works normally i pick like a video game character or something and do that um did like a the bioshock big drill guy the big daddies or whatever they're called Mm -hmm. uh last year that was a good one um i also did like a witch themed pumpkin last year that had like um like occult symbolism and stuff on it that was fun did you go see the witches that stand on the roof in uh um yeah up in the in between in southern salt lake (laughs) the in between that sounds like a scary place (laughs) well Uh. (laughs) i know everywhere in utah but for some reason this place always like i know where it is and i had a relative that lived close to there but i could never exactly get there it's close to the canyon but it's not there and it's not in salt lake it's south of salt lake it's in a really weird discreet location that has like a one-way street that ends so yeah Yeah, it's in that weird little pocket i think of like the freeway but like near the mountains like it's the unfindable city oh which Uh, by the way i have a great story to tell about a church over there when when uh after this but do you know have you ever gone to see the witches do the the chant on the roof i I haven't gone but i've heard about it um it sounds very scary (laughs) 
<laughs> I went. Maybe you can tell the story because I think you're a little more intimately familiar with it. Well, I only went in high school once, but um, some friends brought us up there, and like late at night, you can see these three figures come out, and they they stand on the roof. And I guess this only happens um, on Halloween. And I don't know much more of what they are, but it was a little weird. They went up there and stood on the roof and were doing something. We were kind of at a distance, but yeah, that was the, the apparently they're Satanists doing some kind of ritualistic thing that they do every year. That's all the mm-hmm. information I got. It was a, it was a very uh, interesting experience. It, it was a very weird, creepy night because then we went over to um, this is where the story gets really interesting because that part was kind of not as climactic as I thought it would be, although it was really weird and interesting. But then we drove over uh, into the neighborhood where uh, one of my relatives had lived in the past. And there's this church that's basically in um, their old house's backyard. I remember playing there in their yard as a kid because there was this forest that uh, you can go into on the one side. And then below that is this old church. It's basically just a single room church um, with some spews and stuff. But it was it, it was abandoned when I was a kid. So it, it's been abandoned for a long time. Um, but... For some reason, one of my friends wanted to go bang on the doors of the church because, I don't know, it's Halloween and you're in high school <laughs> yeah. and I guess you do stupid stuff, right? Um, so they they went over and uh, were going toward the door to knock on it, which, by the way, there's like a fence on the outside, which was closed and locked. And they went mm-hmm. up to go knock on the door and a light turned on in the top oh, of the God. church, which... We thought like, oh, maybe there's a groundskeeper there or something and we're just not supposed to be here. But then we got really curious because when you look in the windows, you could see a bunch of old abandoned things in there, like toys and weird stuff, because I guess maybe they'd been using it for storage and it had like dust on it. It was like nobody had been in there for a long time. And we went and looked at the front door and there's a big chain and a lock around the front door on the outside of the door. So there was no way you could get in there. And then we walked around and there were no other ways into that small church. It wasn't a very big church. Mm. So it was locked from the outside and a light turned on in the very top part of this church, which was basically on like the third floor because it went up into a steeple and it was very old and abandoned and everything inside was like piled up and had dust on it. So I'm pretty sure nobody was in there. That was a really weird, creepy thing that followed up from that whole experience and i never went back there again since that happened but it was it it was extra creepy to me because i had played around there as a kid all the time growing up yeah so that happened there was there's a haunted church in salt lake yeah everybody wants to go that's a good creepy story yeah salt lake is is i don't know maybe it's not known more than other areas for this but it it has a lot of kind of uh, reportedly haunted stuff and there's definitely some like creepy abandoned buildings here uh did you ever go to the coffin factory with us i i did i went to the coffin factory several times one time i got we got um chased out by a truck Did were you with me that time no <laughs> so all right so the coffin factory is a place where they made concrete coffins for people which is extra weird because I had never even heard of concrete coffins being made, but this is where they were making them apparently. And it's, it's abandoned and it's kind of in the middle of 
a strange area that's a mix of suburbs and shops, but then it's just, there's nothing around. There's just forest. And then the coffin factory is in the middle of this kind of tiny forest, which is also right next to a graveyard, which makes sense, yeah. I guess, why they would make the coffins there. But it's weird. They're made out of concrete anyway. Uh, so we would, I remember we would go in there to try to break into the buildings and just see what was there. And we'll, I don't know, just go look around and whatever. Cause again, mm-hmm. we were in high school (laughs) and uh the one time that i have a very vivid memory of there was maybe 10 of us there and we went in and we went into the one of the buildings and we were like walking around and and looking at everything and then somebody went outside and was like wait whose whose car is that there because we had driven up from this kind of outside a path but you can't actually get on to that area you have to get out of your car and walk up for quite a while and Suddenly we realized there was a truck there already before we had gotten there, I guess, because but nobody had noticed it. So we're not sure when the truck came, but the lights turned on, like the, 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 the brights turned on, and then the engine started revving. And we were kind of standing in the middle of this empty field area, and then like literally revved the engine and just gunned it at us like full speed this truck just just charged at us and we like ran out towards one of the buildings to get out of the way and then it just drove off the lot and left it was really weird it, especially because this is happening really late at night like 11 yeah. 45 12 something like it was, it was almost midnight when this happened which was extra weird yeah that's that's scary and supernatural or not uh People can be very scary too. People who hang out around coffin factories at midnight, <laughs> yeah, are not always the kind of people you want to be hanging out with. <laughs> yeah, especially when they try to to run you over. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Salt Lake has um, there's an abandoned uh, mental hospital here, which obviously is scary. That's actually been converted into a haunted house to make it even scarier. <laughs> where where is that? Is that in Bountiful or is that in Salt Lake? I can't uh, remember. It's in Tooele, which Tooele, is like that's where it is. near the Salt Lake itself. Yes. Um, so that's definitely a creepy one. Like mental hospital on the like cliff edge overlooking a lake. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty messed up. And it was around from what, the early 1900s, I think, if I remember Yeah, it's, right. an, old, it's an old, old place. Um there's also the, then, old, the old mill oh, oh i don't what is that one? Oh, the old mill is um up by the the curve on 250 i215 when you go up and around like right when you're making that curve if you get off that freeway exit uh and head up i guess toward uh is it immigration and then um there's this old um water mill that also was a hotel for a while and had been repurposed a, a few different times, but there were more supposedly more haunted um, sightings there than any other place in all of Utah. And mm-hmm. one of the old um, radio hosts from X96 went and, and like slept there a few times because he had worked there for, I guess, like five years when he was younger. And he had all these stories of this one guy that would kick, kept coming out to follow him everywhere when he had to stay overnight on the grounds, which also is a weird, creepy job, but... Yeah, some people died on the grounds there as well, uh, I guess, due to machinery accidents and some other things. So I don't really know all of the details of the stories, but there's a few specific ghosts that live there, apparently. Hmm. I think one of my favorite, and maybe it's, I wouldn't call it haunted, but I think one of the creepiest things in Salt Lake is the, um, I think it's like the Avenues Cemetery in general, 
But uh, specifically, there's a gravestone in the end of Avenue Cemetery that reads, uh, Lillian E. Gray, victim of the beast, 666. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. There is, that's true. There is a gravestone that says that. That's basically legend at this point, but nobody knows where it came from, right? Right. Like, people don't know why it says that. Uh, There's not really a good record of, like, who she was. Um, It's also odd because, if I remember correctly, like, her death date on the gravestone is, like, significantly after, like, everybody else in her family that's buried around her, which is, like, kind of weird. So it's like somebody else maybe chose this for her, or maybe she chose this for herself is her, like, inscription. Or it just appeared one day when she died. Or that. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, it's all very odd, um, but that's that's an interesting landmark. That's a really cool graveyard too. But the the avenues are basically these really old Victorian style homes that only exist uh, architecturally in Utah because they're sort of a mix of almost prairie style homes and Victorian homes, uh, and they have some really unique flares and distinguishing elements to them. There's even like some Russian spires on a few of the houses. Like they they kind of just did whatever they wanted. Um, but this graveyard that's built onto that same like hillside, mountainside, I don't know if it's a hill or a mountain, but, um, <laughs> cause it's kind of in between, but it's huge and you can walk around all over in there and there's, um, everything from like Mormon prophets and, uh, priests to just old Norwegian families that immigrated over here to Lillian and the beast. Apparently there's just a great diversity of of people buried there from the all the way from i believe the mid 1800s maybe even early 1800s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's i think it's one of the oldest graveyards i think it is the oldest graveyard in utah yeah it's really cool if anybody goes to utah i would recommend driving through the avenues and going to that graveyard you'll it'll be <laughs> worth it <laughs> So what about uh, your, your your current location? Any uh, haunted attractions there? Yeah, Norway is a weird... Well, it's weird for me because I'm not used to this culture. But for example, the graveyards here, the really old gravestones are one of two things. They're either this huge stone spire that comes out of the ground and is literally 15 to 20 feet tall like they're huge and they're they're one per person yeah for one person and they're just one solid piece of stone that they've carved uh and a lot of the time they'll have a portrait or they'll just have some like markings put into them but the graves are really old obviously being in norway like some of them are from the 1600s 1500s even um Mm -hmm. and then there's also uh old viking graves that still exist in oslo like i walk past one every once in a while and it is uh just this flat a rectangle grave and on it they've carved in um old norsk that like here lies the king of whatever or the the special person of interest of whatever and then they have this very specific skull that they would always carve into the the gravestone that looks really cool um okay. and some more information with that uh so there's there's those two style of graves um, which have their own unique kind of graveyards and uh, layouts, which usually are surrounded by ruins from buildings that have long gone. And then there's Viking graves here also, which you can go visit, which are not far away, like a 30, 40 minute drive. You can go to these Viking graves where they have um, mounds 
they just look like mounds in the ground now, but basically they would um, bury themselves with all of the treasures that they wanted to take with them to Valhalla. So they would uh, have these massive burial places and uh, they would bury it so that you could see um, a big mound above the ground where the person was buried for some reason. And so you can go see these Viking graves and like walk through the, the grounds around there. There's even some old buildings that still exist uh, from the time period. So that's pretty cool. And then, of course, there's stave churches, which is the most black metal awesome thing you could go check out. <laughs> because these these old stave churches are uh, made from all from wood, um, but they coat them in this almost black tar tree resin, uh, which seals in that wood and makes them completely waterproof. But it has this very distinct, almost like dead caramel smell, uh, which is to me it smells amazing but when you're walking around this thing it's like it's turned really this dark brownish black the whole the whole building in it and then it has these like dragons and uh norwegian mythical creatures coming out from all the spires <laughs> on the corners and everything the stave churches are amazing um they, that feels more halloween to me than than it does religious <laughs> yeah yeah that's understandable well that sounds really cool um what about uh, kind of Halloween traditions in in Norway? Anything you know different than our... Europe is kind of lame <laughs> when it comes to Halloween. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I only say this because there isn't really a strong tradition to do anything. Probably Germany has some good some some better things. So right. I shouldn't say the all, the whole of Europe, but Scandinavia in general, like people don't really celebrate halloween too much until americans started moving here and all of my american friends that i've met here in oslo now we're all like really into halloween and we just had a potluck dinner actually uh for halloween which was fun and i made stuffed pickles and i made different uh different stuffings uh themed with cream cheese so i did like a pepper and black olive one and then i did a i did a pineapple mango raspberry cardamom stuffed pickle and it was really good actually uh i thought so anyway it it was pretty crazy (laughs) uh and then i just did like an herbed one but so i brought that to a potluck which was that was fun um so there's like a mix of styles because some somebody brought these special potatoes that were like sweet potatoes with lemon ginger uh and some spices like chai spices they okay was pretty interesting i really liked those too and then yeah awesome so that that was a nice Halloween gathering, which I guess bridges the gaps. Uh, but people don't go trick or treating, but they do put together like haunted houses on Halloween and let all the neighborhood kids come over and dress up. So okay, that is fun. a big that's bonus. I, I was happy to hear that that still happens. In fact, um, one of my my girlfriend's uncle puts on a big party in his house, and the whole city of Hanifus goes to his house, uh, which is like a couple hundred kids. They all go just to this house and hang out there on Halloween together. And that's like the whole city of, of this place. Cause there's not really anywhere else nearby. Right. And I thought that's pretty cool to think about having like a small town where everybody goes to this one person's house, which is converted into a haunted house and they all bring food and treats and drinks and whatever and hang out and dress up and, and uh, people like hide everywhere and scare kids. It sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of a, a Halloween event that my sister had one time, which went horribly awry because I decided that it would be fun to scare kids. <laughs> so we had a house uh, that had an unfinished basement, which is common here in Utah. And 
they all went down there to like read scary stories and then do like a weird uh, like this thing where you like blindfold yourself and stick your hands into like weird feeling stuff so like you oh, stick yeah. your hand into a bowl of like peeled grapes and tell them that it's eyeballs this. yeah 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 well i had snuck down like an hour prior to this and just waited in the dark back corner of this room wearing like a black hooded thing all black uh with a knife like a butcher's knife like a scary halloween one okay it wasn't and real let's let's no, clarify that yeah not a real knife not trying to actually murder um but as soon as they were kind of finished their stories i came out and like screaming ran at them and like chaos erupted like multiple people <laughs> ran and hit their like faces into like the unfinished like <laughs> bracers and like tripping up the stairs as they were fighting to get upstairs and, like leave their friends behind and like <laughs> some it was really bad it was like not calculated correctly at all um and multiple people multiple people's parents called and complained about me terrorizing them and <laughs> it, it was... good work nick i'm proud of you yeah it was bad it was that... bad that is awesome. That reminds me of uh, like Halloween parties and different things that happen with traditions at them. Like I forgot completely about bobbing for apples, but then for some reason I conjured up a, it up as this um, phrase, like turn of phrase the other day mm -hmm. because I was saying like something was really hard to do and it was probably not going to happen. So I said like, yeah, we're not bobbing for apples here. And then I remember that you can go bobbing for apples. Uh, and <laughs> I, I, it was a that was a great pastime of doing that at parties and like there's just a big vat of water and you're just sticking your head in there getting all wet trying to grab a caramel apple. Um, what, it's a what little else? bit uh, weird to think about in these COVID times. Yeah, you wouldn't do it now, but um, yeah, there was the bowl the bowl in the in the hand trick and uh, I feel like there was some stuff we did in the dark too. Oh. Um... Yeah, there's a lot of, like, interesting games you can play in the dark, like Murder in the Dark and stuff. Um, yeah. How does that work again? How does Murder in the Dark work? I can't remember. So it's like one person or s some group of people are assigned to be murderers secretly. And <laughs> I, I, I literally can't remember. I know. I can't remember how this works exactly. Uh, and maybe I'm mixing it up with another game. Um, but you would, like, walk around and shake hands with people maybe in the dark i don't know <laughs> and you would like mark them for death somehow so you'd like when you shook their hand you would like scratch the inside of their palm or something and that person would know then that they were gonna die and then it would become nighttime you'd turn out the lights and everybody who was supposed to die would like die and then people would try to figure out who the, who the murderer was by trying to like recollect oh like this person shook hands with these people and they like mm -hmm. had a higher death rate or like only this person shook hands with these four people who died, so therefore they're the murderer. Um, so all the like townspeople try to like figure out with each other who the murderer was, and then like vote uh, to have them executed. That sounds, <laughs> you know, that sounds childhood great. games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which I mean, this game has just been repurposed now into uh, the hot new gaming sensation Among Us uh, in video game form. Actually, I think. Well, I think it takes some inspiration from this, and it, that was also uh, Warcraft Three Frozen Throne like person made game called uh, Panda in the Mansion, 
which was basically oh. the same game as Among Us as right. well. I think that they just took those ideas and then turned them into a game. <laughs> yeah. I love that they all stem from this like same weird sadistic children's game though. So <laughs> it's good. Yeah, there is something really fun though about trying to deduce who is like secretly going around and and murdering everybody and then someone has that job of doing that without getting caught. <laughs> <laughs> Again, coming back to last week's episode, people like to step into the shoes of evil or whatever. Yeah, we love we love that and that theme. Speaking of, like, where, yeah, what are some of, of the weirdest environments that you've found yourself in? Like, one time I went to a graveyard in Seattle when it was pouring rain, and there was this um, archway there, which is supposedly this gateway. Uh, and you're not supposed to walk under it. And people say that that um, certain things have like appeared in this graveyard around this gate. And I went there with some friends. Uh, and well, actually, my ex-girlfriend's little sister w- went underneath the gate and uh, had her picture taken. And we saw like these four pretty bright orbs of light around her head. And then everybody else that got their picture taken under the arch had nothing which made it weirder. It was pouring rain outside. So I thought like, maybe this is some weird iPhone reflection, but it was, I think it was a bit suspicious that nobody else had anything around them at all in any of their photos taken on the exact same camera. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was fun. That graveyard was really cool and crazy. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but there, there's some really cool graveyards in the world, especially the small ones that are hidden off the path that are like old that you can find. Yeah. Um, ooh, weirdest environment I've found myself in. Um, I was hiking once in Utah. Uh, maybe this is like not the weirdest environment, but it was definitely creepy. And we kind of decided to take a shortcut, um, through this, I don't know, like little valley, um, as we were backpacking. And, uh, we came across up there a like a bunch of grave markers um, due to a bunch of people that had died in that area. So I guess they're not graves as much as they are like uh, like remembrance markers, like an event happened here. I never found out what event it was, um, but it must have been somewhat recent. But it, there was like several people that had died in this open field in the middle of the mountains, which is like very kind of odd hmm. and unsettling. So that was where, a, that was a strange one. Where was this in the south of Utah or more towards Colorado in the Uintas? Um, no, th- yeah, this was in the like Wasatch Range here in Salt Lake City. Mm. So kind of like close by, yeah. That's creepy. There was uh, my cousins in Oregon told me that, um, about a similar thing. I guess there was this one specific lake where there were some gravestones up there and like a cabin and. Uh, people would go up there and supposedly some people had disappeared, I guess. I don't know exactly what happened, but it's like in the middle of nowhere. This always seems like uh, where these stories get the worst is when you're in the middle of a forest and you, you can't, you can't see anything and you can't get out. And like, it feels like whatever would be there with you knows exactly where you are and you don't know where you are and you don't know how to leave. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. I guess it's the same feeling of being in a haunted house or, um, a big abandoned place that somebody else lives is like 
they know this environment better than you and you don't know how to get out and you're like caught here. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you ever been in like snuck into an abandoned place that was really cool? Um, yeah, well, I have a good story about sneaking into an abandoned place. The place itself wasn't cool and was definitely not worth sneaking into, uh, in hindsight, given this story, but, um, it was Halloween, of course. (laughs) And, uh, we were at a friend's like house party. It was a really great party. There was tons of people there. Um, I ended up leaving with some people from the party to go explore this, like, it was actually a new construction house. So it was a house they were building, um, but they had like stopped the project. So it had been new construction, but like for years. And so we wanted to go like explore this build site and kind of see what was happening there. Um, Cause we had heard that there was like weird stuff there. And there was rumors that like people were living in the house, even though it wasn't built yet. Um, and the house was built to the point where you had uh basically it was just like wooden framing um with like solid walls on the outside so it was very dark inside and it had been framed into the shape of a house but otherwise there was like nothing else and so we like sneak into this uh under construction house and it was like uh kind of off the beaten path a little bit it was in this like new development area so there wasn't really any like houses nearby and um we're like it's a really, really large house. It's like this mansion style house. So we're like up on the third floor. And then we hear this loud banging from downstairs. And there's these, this guy starts screaming like, who's in my house? Who's here? And then we hear him like stomping up the first set of stairs. And he's like running around on the floor below us, just like frantically. And then we hear a second person with them like, we're going to get you. And they're like hitting the walls and uh, we're like freaking out. Um, Like I'm having a straight up panic attack. (laughs) And so we're like on the third floor and we're like looking out over this, like this, this big window that's supposed to eventually lead to a balcony, but there's no balcony there. There's no deck. Um, And it's not a window. It's just an open hole in the side of the house. And I'm like looking down. I'm like, okay, this is like 20 feet. Like I could jump. Uh, Maybe I would like break my leg, but I could like get out of here. I could live. (laughs) (laughs) And um, finally we hear them coming up the stairs and I'm about to jump. And like all my friends are screaming, like it's multiple people crying and they get to the top of the stairs and it's just like some teenagers from... (laughs) Like, or like, an, I guess not teenagers, like young adults from down the street who had saw us go into the house and followed us in to scare us. Dang. Uh, I know, I know. So ultimately anticlimactic, but uh, definitely a terrifying moment in exploring urban exploration. Yeah, that reminded me of a few other times that I ran into similar situations, actually. Not quite like that, where... I almost jumped and broke my leg because of some teenagers, but (laughs) (laughs) I remember once we were, we were walking somewhere and we found this abandoned house kind of at the edge of this neighborhood. It was pretty old looking. uh, And we went a little closer and there's stairway, a stairway going down into the basement. And on the side of the door that enters into the basement, there was a big knife stuck into the door frame which yeah was already a little bit unsettling and then uh i can't remember who i was with but some other some of them wanted to go in which just seems like a terrible idea when you find a knife stuck on into the door frame on 
an abandoned house, but they, they went inside. And uh, I remember I went in a little way, but then they ended up uh, almost like screaming and running full speed out of the house. I guess they had found somebody sleeping in there and then we all ran away. This is again when I was oh. yo- a younger kid, but like that was pretty terrifying. Um, everything you don't want to happen coming true. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's like the exact situation you don't want to stumble into. Yeah. Um, another time too, or not maybe some years ago, uh, when I was visiting Lithuania, a friend in Lithuania that I have, man, Lithuania is a wild place. If you ever want to go feel, uh, a sense of exploration in, in like a, a place of unknown mixing of abandoned Soviet places and, um, modern architecture, go to Lithuania. Because we went there and uh, my friend showed us to all these places because they've lived there the whole life. Um, we went to these abandoned uh, sort of apartments that were like upper end, I guess, for some of the government leaders. So they were in this forest on the edge of this lake. Um, but they were a little bit out of the way, I think, because they didn't want everybody to know that they had these like really expensive, nice uh, contemporary concrete apartments, but, Mm. um, Mm -hmm. there's like floating staircases, uh, and everything in them. And we, they're on the edge of this lake. So it's, it's kind of like dirty and overrun by nature again at this point, because, you know, it's been, yeah, many years. Um, Mm -hmm. and we went inside a few of them and there was just broken glass everywhere, which I'm not sure where all the glass came from because it, didn't seem like they had like big windows anywhere um and the, people had written in uh, red paint on the walls like some really creepy stuff uh that okay. my my friend was reading back to us and translating into english uh but it was it was pretty unsettling and then we went out to the to the edge and we found uh some security cameras had been installed and were somehow live streaming uh video feed oh. i guess all the way in that forest <laughs> so so who, somebody knows that we were there but they yeah, this is Lithuania, so it's the Wild West. There's also like a an abandoned football stadium there, um, which is only like most of the way built. And there's just stuff. There's old, weird, abandoned Soviet structures everywhere, just kind of falling apart and mixed in between of where the city is built and you move around. But the coolest thing there, which 100% is worth going to if you're going to go anywhere near Lithuania, there is a sculpture park slash permanent art installation uh, area, I guess, literally in the middle of nowhere in this forest. It was like a two-hour drive. Um, okay. And it was incredible. Like, the, it was just massive scale. There, there were, like, huge... The one was, like, this, this um, pyramid structure that was, like, the size of several houses, and you could go move around on it and walk around inside. Another one was, like... Uh, a couple thousand television sets, like the old tube television sets, mm-hmm. inside of these glass cases that made a maze, and you could get lost in there. Like there was just the scale of it was enormous and incredible. Um, but also everything was kind of old and overrun because nobody's maintaining it, and all of these uh, sculptures were built in the forest. Um, and there was a really n- kind of nice reception center, but other than that, it, it you felt like you were just wandering about on this these endless acres of forest land with some really weird sculptures that almost felt multi-dimensional like a lot of them didn't even make sense and but they were so big in scale that you interact with with them in a weird way 
That was really mm-hmm. cool and creepy. I would, I would recommend going to Lithuania for that in the mushroom soup. <laughs> the mushroom soup. <laughs> yes, the mushroom soup in Poland is also a good favorite of mine. Yes, and the pierogies are good in Poland as well. <laughs> Got to get your pierogies. Um, yeah, I don't know. I w- that was some of the creepy places that got brought to mind. We went to that abandoned house off of uh, the 500 East or uh, 5000 South exit. Oh, yes. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty creepy. <laughs> yeah, there's just one house like by itself with weeds that are maybe six feet tall surrounding it. And I, I remember we went inside. Do you remember what we saw in there, Nick? No. <laughs> Probably I've blocked it from my mind because it was so terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember we went inside and we could like barely walk through there because it was so dirty. But someone had taken all of the, the cupboards and like the wooden um, counter and structure for all of that and ripped them like not not in a structured way. Like I'm going to demolish this house. But like somebody it seemed like somebody had gotten angry and ripped all of the cupboard panel doors off and stuff and thrown them across the room and like made dents in the wall with it and everything it was a really really unnerving environment to even just walk in for a second i remember being in there and immediately wanting to leave (laughs) yeah that place is weird too because it's like in the middle of an industrial park but like kind of under the freeway and just like tucked away in a strange area (laughs) yeah that was the only also the only place that i considered um realistically ever trying to to rule squatters rules and just like fixing it up over seven years and then owning it all of a sudden (laughs) because by law you can do that in america in a a lot of states anyway if you made it through the seven years of haunting or whatever you you would get for living there (laughs) yeah exactly um so what other kind of what what were holiday traditions for you as like a kid? Does your family do anything specific for Halloween that you guys kind of do now, or anything you've carried with you? I do. I do remember always going to pumpkin patches and dressing up. I think it was mostly just that the community of people I always hung out with. We would always go to some big haunted house that was. Uh, made in somebody's house on Halloween, but leading up to mm. Halloween is like the event of making different weird foods and pumpkin pie and whatever else, and then going mm. to the huge put together haunted houses that uh, you you pay to go in. And those those are some of the most memorable things of Halloween. It's going there with your friends. Like some of the specific yeah. experiences, we should definitely talk about the one that we did in uh, what what was like forty five minutes south of Salt Lake. What was it called again? The oh god, it's in the middle of nowhere. Oh, the haunt the, was it not the haunted grove? Maybe something like that. Something like uh, that. But yeah, the one in the middle of nowhere where there's like candles through the forest that you followed and stuff. Yeah, is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, it not only was it creepy. Owen was cool because there's this big fire pit, and I remember it was really cold, and we were hanging out by the fire pit and got some hot chocolate, and we're like, oh yeah, we're feeling great. This is nice and cozy. And then we leave to go through the haunted house, and there was just like nobody there. And it's like 10 o'clock and each of the, the rooms or the haunted haunted uh, areas you go into were just completely abandoned. And they were really far apart in the forest. Yeah, um, it was really weird. I remember 
feeling that feeling of uh, something bad can happen to you and nobody will know about it in a haunted house very strongly. <laughs> so there's a reason that you might feel that feeling about that haunted house because I have a story about it. Okay. So it is the Haunted Grove, I remember now, because it's in a city called Pleasant Grove. Yes, that's um, right. And it's the way the haunted house is constructed is you, you're near this huge fire pit and then you, your group gets called when it's your turn and you walk through this like candle lit path that goes through the forest and then like into these different creepy areas like you were describing. Well, apparently one year a group of people realized that if they were fast enough, they could reroute that candle path to an area of their choosing. And they did just that. So they snuck onto the grounds of this haunted house and rerouted the candles to lead to, uh, like, there's a lake near there. And they had a boat parked uh, at the dock on that lake, and they led the candles to go to the boat. And the first group that arrived, they attacked them and tried to kill them, like, on the boat. Because the people thought it was part of the haunted house, so they, like, stepped onto the boat and then were, like, attacked uh, but they actually all made it out alive, and the haunted house has uh, hopefully done things to uh, <laughs> ensure this doesn't happen again, but they're still in business, and we went there um, after that event. Wow. I hope the people that attacked people were caught. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, there was so there was that place, which was also extra creepy because there there was like a barn that was already there on the grounds that you had to go through. And yeah, a lot of it didn't need to be made up and faked because it was actually real (laughs) in the small town feeling. (laughs) Yeah. It was already creepy. Um, I do remember there was the, was it the Rocky point haunted house? And we went there one year and after there was this extra experience you could do, um, that we paid $20 for or whatever and signed this waiver because they're allowed to, I guess oh, yeah. come up and touch you in this in this uh, experience. Would we go in and it's just pitch dark, basically, except for a few light sources here and there, like pin pin pointed into the room, and there was just body bags hanging everywhere. And you you're walking through there, and there's people inside of some of the body bags that would like push their faces out against you or grab you or push you, and oh, that was that was <laughs> creepy. Um. Do you remember that really weird haunted house that I took you and Hedda to uh, when she came to visit? Which one? Which one was this? I think it was like a zombie-themed one. Zombie circus or something. Yeah. Yeah. And Hedda is like deathly afraid of zombies. Like can't handle them because she got traumatized by zombie stories when she was a kid. (laughs) Yeah, I felt so bad. I'm like, as soon as I had it, like, I'm picking you guys up from the airport, and I'm like, guess where we're going? We're going to the zombie haunted house. <laughs> and poor Hedda was like, okay. And I remember at the end, they were trying this new thing where you could shoot zombies with paintball guns as part of an experience. And we asked Hedda exactly. if we could do it, and she's like, no, I have to leave. I don't want to do this. I hated all of this. I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah, that's um, the... That was a good one, the zombie one. That, did you remember the Fear Factory too? The the one that's in the old like granary off the freeway in Salt Lake. Oh, I haven't been to that one actually. I don't think. Oh, really? That one is so cool in a weird way because you're going through this old grain factory and then uh, you're 
suddenly, without even really knowing how you got there, you were on a catwalk on the fifth story inside of this building. And uh, you can, like, see down below you, but it's kind of foggy and there's lights everywhere. And then there's just, you know, a randomly some guy with a chainsaw on the other side of the catwalk bridge. And you're halfway across the catwalk. And, like, it already doesn't seem like you should be walking on this old catwalk on the fifth story with, like, 45 (laughs) feet underneath you to fall. Um, It was a really, that was quite a haunted house. It was a really good one. Yeah, that sounds great. Um I think part of the reason the thinking back to it, the zombie haunted house we went to, part of the reason it was so scary was because it was so like ramshackled, like it was a new haunted house, it was its first year, and they just like built it out of like containers and like weird junk that they found and it's just like yeah. so haphazard and unsafe feeling. Like <laughs> there's multiple times I got like limbs caught in various like things <laughs> like tripping as people chase you fell into a pile of hay (laughs) yeah it was all messed up did you ever do the haunted hay rides i don't think i ever did those but i remember doing the seeing the corn mazes and other stuff like something about going onto a farm in halloween and doing all of the activities there is good i mean it sounds like you just did that but it's true you recorded the harvest season or something gets that feeling going but yeah there's a there's a lot of good kind of like farm haunted house uh uh haunted corn maze tours uh around here but i haven't been on any of the haunted hay rides hmm i the corn mazes um or the hay mazes or whatever were really fun because oh yeah they're like an hour of maze and it's also you're outside and you don't know what you're gonna find in there and there's sometimes creepy people lurking about to chase you and split your group up or whatever and i remember you you actually can get really lost and it can take a long time if you don't know where you're going oh yeah i have gotten truly lost in corn mazes like oh this is actually very like not good like i need to go home eventually (laughs) like i'm stuck in this corn maze when does this place close (laughs) right Are they still? Are there still haunted houses and uh, corn mazes or anything open right now because of COVID, or is it pretty shut down? Oh, Utah's full swing. We got everything. We got haunted houses. We got corn mazes. We got apple bobbing. We got more two thousand cases a day of COVID. Yeah, I was gonna say more <laughs> COVID cases than ever before. <laughs> we are number one in the U.S. <laughs> is that really true? Is all of this true? There's still yeah, COVID per capita. We are number one, but oh, we're also no. lowest deaths per capita. So it's because it takes time to die, I guess. I don't know. Um, well, what can you really go to a haunted house right now, though? Are people just wearing oh, yeah. masks into the haunted houses, or is that not even regulated? <laughs> uh, yeah, masks aren't required. Wow. Um, you can you can go to haunted houses and be in small indoor spaces with groups of strangers for hours at a time. Yes, your your um. <laughs> make-believe metaphorical nightmare will become a real nightmare after that (laughs) yeah i i i'm wondering how many haunted houses chose to go for like a pestilence or like plague kind of theme biohazard theme this year or whatever sounds Um, distasteful (laughs) i know i I just want i want that to be my next like article that i write it's just like a judgment of overdone biohazard haunted houses (laughs) right yes (laughs) Um, 
I thought, so we have some really big haunted houses in Utah, but the biggest haunted house I ever went to was in Kansas City, actually. They, oh, interesting. Yeah, they turn these huge warehouses, and there's just a line of these three warehouses, and they every year they turn them into three different haunted houses with different themes. And I went into one that was themed around the swamp, which was pretty cool because... Oh, that's I, scary. Yeah, I had never been to a swamp-themed haunted house, but... Not only was this inside of a big weird warehouse, but they had actually flooded it and made it a real swamp. And you walked over these wooden bridges through actual like foliage and plants that they had put in there. And there were, I I remember there were people dressed up in the water underneath, like, and since there was fog and stuff in there, I was not expecting this. And they were like popping out of the water and spraying water at you and stuff and like grabbing the planks. And it was really (laughs) something else. (laughs) That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> That's cool. I think there's also like some raves for Halloween that happen in other parts of the world that are massive. I would be really curious to know what some of the biggest Halloween gatherings are. Like, what, where, where do the most number of people gather for a Halloween event? I mean, Day of the Dead is pretty cool in Mexico as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward those to... Those are probably some pretty big ones, like Mexico City... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know there's a rave here in Utah called Get Freaky that happens near Halloween. <laughs> That's a costumed rave. Is that the um, one in um, the Salt Palace? That sounds right. Because <laughs> I went to a concert before that happened, and I remember when we were leaving, I was just seeing all of the people dressed up to go to that rave, and I was like, what? I want to go to this rave. <laughs> it looks insane. <laughs> Yeah, I've wanted to go for a long time, but I'm having a hard time breaking my um, Halloween tradition of, like, the I do. Um, plus, I really enjoy handing out candy to the kids. Like, that's a great time. So, I don't want to abandon the children on Halloween. You don't want to be one of the uh, leave a bowl, take one piece people, and then the bowl's empty in, like, an hour? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be that person. Um, I'm trying to like work out ways to deliver candy to children, uh, this year, but like maintaining social distancing. And so, uh, I'm trying, I think I'm going to get some like pipe and like run it up to my upstairs window and like have children put their bucket below the pipe, like the tube at the bottom and like slide candy down at them. You definitely have to dress to match that. What can we do? What what can we, what, what are you going to do for your costume that matches, uh, some weird person that would throw candy in a pipe? <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can be so like I, a, an air pilot or something in an air balloon yeah i could be a person in an air balloon i could be like a mad chemist that's like sticking different things into the pipe like it's different combinations mm-hmm. uh i could be a, a plumber <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yes those are the three options Good, good options. Um, yeah, maybe you can make a gun that shoots candy out of it too so that you can get to the kids that don't want to come to your house that are scared of you. You can still make them take your candy. Yeah, it's like <laughs> see him across the street. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to Halloween night, but I've definitely also enjoyed the spooky season lead up to it as well. I think that there's no, you you feel a different 
uh, weight kind of lifted off around Halloween because it feels like a holiday where you actually can just do whatever you want. It's true. That's how I feel Nothing about stopping it. you from being whatever you want. Yeah, you're supposed to be... Res- whoever you want. You're supposed to be responsible on Easter, but on Halloween, you don't have All to... All bets are off. Yeah, you don't have to deal with the Easter bunny. You can deal with the weird creatures and the devil, if you want. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking of some fall recipes now. So... Well, I don't know. If, I don't think I can make ice cream, but um, pumpkin-related things. Man, pumpkin drinks are just delicious too. Oh yeah, I've been definitely getting into like making interesting mixed drinks of sorts. I haven't used pumpkin yet though, so that's a that's a good option. But uh, recreating like Harry Potter bum, uh, butter beer, that's mm-hmm. a good one. Um, uh, I really like like warm fall drinks, like. Uh, buttered apple rum uh there's also a drink that i've kind of adopted uh from i guess scandinavia uh glog that's how we say it (laughs) glug is what they say here glug yeah um use that one a lot uh but we've kind of i think that's usually kind of like a a christmasy holiday drink right but we've we've adapted it to be a thanksgiving slash fall drink and it's wonderful Mm -hmm. yeah we call it wassail right Mostly. Uh, well, wassail is slightly different because wassail is uh, heavily orange-based and glog is not as much that. Glog is very deep. It's almost bitter tasting. Yeah, like spiced red wine. It's a, Glog is like more like mold wine and wassail is like... Apple, apple cider kind of, but yeah, more, exactly. more spiced. And yeah. A citrusy apple cider. That's true. I really like wassail, though. Uh, I think that's a classic. Wassail and donuts on Halloween doesn't get any better than that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, true. Are you? Um, we've also made this thing recently called pumpkin pinwheels. This is not a drink, but a <laughs> food. <laughs> and it's basically like phyllo dough or like puff pastry. Puff pastry. Um, with like pumpkin, spiced pumpkin puree and cream cheese and then you just like roll it up and bake it and you get this like puffy thing that has like a swirl of pumpkin cream cheese in the middle and that's amazing pumpkin cream cheese inside of what do you wrap it in uh puff pastry puff so just like any kind of uh phyllo dough or is that even what it's called (laughs) yeah some like little some little like crispy layered and then you bake it whatever baking item yeah and yeah you just roll it up bake it as a whole and then slice it and you get these like great little finger foods. Yeah. They're awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to try that. Do it. Um, yeah, that, and I made a, a homemade pumpkin pie a few years ago. That w- was so good because you can really overspice it and, and almost like <laughs> put chai tea in the mix in some ways. Like put those spices right in there, the cloves and everything. I think it's delicious. Um, we had a pumpkin pasta once that we made, I remember. That was really interesting. Like, the sauce was pumpkin. Oh, yes. I made pumpkin mac and cheese last week. What? That was awesome. How? Yeah. Go go on. <laughs> so, I mean, so I made, like, a roux, like, flour butter mix, and added, um, and then 
brought it up with water and cheese to make like cheese sauce and then i just dumped some pureed pumpkin into that and mixed it up and it was amazing <laughs> hmm. that sounds good i think they have pumpkin pasta too that you can get if you really wanted to go crazy or like squash based oh, pumpkin based mm-hmm. pasta then you could oh no that's that's right pumpkin pasta sorry like your pumpkin mac and cheese reminded me that there was a restaurant in tokyo that was like a one-off mom and pop restaurant and they had special halloween um dinner dishes only for one night and we went head and i went there and they had this spiced pumpkin mushroom pasta that was the best pasta i've ever had it was so sounds good good yeah like it wasn't just a novelty thing it was literally the best pasta i've ever had in my life and i was so excited and then we could never find the place again (laughs) it was was also like in this weird second story uh old building that was kind of shifting you know because it's so old it was one of the oldest Mm. buildings you can have in tokyo because most of the buildings got destroyed and rebuilt in the 50s um so it was really cool. It was all black wood. Uh, there's a few gems like that in, in Tokyo. Like there's this place called the Lion Cafe that is uh, in this old church. It's all black wood inside, like just pitch black wood. And it feels like there's no windows because I think they block them all off. But in the front of the church is where these old uh, pipe organ stage was. But they instead converted it into these the most like high uh, definition speaker system you could have. And then they put records on there of classical music and play them while you go in and study. It's a silent place. You're not allowed to make any noises and they will kick you out if you say anything or make noises. It's a really cool place. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have, have you ever had any dishes where they're like served in a pumpkin? seems like you could use a pumpkin as a bowl. That's a good point. I mean, in Japan, they have special small pumpkins called kabocha which they use to make a lot of stuff. And it's so good. I mean, tempura kabocha is one of my favorite things, but I'm sure that there's something they could use that as a bowl for because it's smaller and it's more cookable, but nothing is coming to mind. Have you had anything? No, but I think I, I want to try, cause you can get those like little mini pumpkins. And I feel like I want to use one of those or like a bunch of those and like serve soup in them hmm. or something. That'd be a fun Halloween dish. Cause pumpkin soup is already really good anyway, so I imagine you True. could have some really good pumpkin soup in a pumpkin. Yeah, take out the pumpkin seeds, toast them, roast them, take out the pumpkin guts, turn them into pumpkin soup, and put it all back in the pumpkin. Pumpkin soup with t- toasted pumpkin seeds. <laughs> and that's how you destroy the insides of a pumpkin and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> that's Halloween. That sounds really uh, good, actually. There's something really nice about spices, too, in all of this. Oh, I just bought this new tea that is almond, uh, orange peel, raspberry, and, like, some nut spices. But it's a tea. Wow. And it comes out this pink, this, like, bright pink color. Oh, because of the raspberry. Weird. Yeah, it's so delicious, though, like, with some honey and milk. I've never had anything like it before. That sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. Nut teas are a good time. Yeah, I've never had one. I've never thought about it. I mean, I put nut milk in teas, but that's a different thing. It's a little different. <laughs> I mean, it's on the same page, but yeah, there's like almond <laughs> almond teas are delicious. There's like a walnut tea and um, yeah, there's a few other nut teas that you can get or based of nut, which I didn't think you could, but they, they taste delicious. Yeah, that sounds awesome. 
kind of weird. I mean, like, you wouldn't think soaking some almonds in some hot water would, like, be a strong flavor, but... Yeah. Sounds good. Mix that with a couple other things and uh, maybe some tea leaf plant if you want, black tea or something. It's really good. (laughs) That is a really uh, interesting that you can do so many things with food ingredients. Like You can transform them to become so many different types of consumption flavors and um, mediums, I guess. Oh, yeah. No, it's crazy. Yeah, just the the fact that, like, something can be in one form, like, feel like a fruit and then, like, become a tea or, like, a soup or become dried and become, like, a crunchy snack. Like, it's just, like, all uh, really interesting. So it's pretty fun to play around with those kind of things near, like, holidays like halloween and see like okay what how many things can you turn a pumpkin into (laughs) yeah i feel like that is the goal of america to see how many things we can make a pumpkin into (laughs) i want pumpkin chips i want pumpkin drinks oh that reminds lattes yes 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 that reminds me of trader joe's too trader joe's in america at least has so many pumpkin things and every year uh, it's like the highlight of of going shopping for me this year my mom bought me a bunch of stuff and is sending it in a box because i really wanted some pumpkin things so like (laughs) there's like these caramelized pump roasted pumpkin seeds there's pumpkin pancake mix there's pumpkin o cereal uh special pumpkin jojos you know what they they just have so many things i love it i i want to try everything pumpkin those pumpkin tortilla chips you were just talking about are actually really good yes yes doing some black and black and orange pumpkin tortilla chips for our halloween festivities this would be great how are you making black the black ones with squidding um no not squidding black beans (laughs) uh yeah black beans okay so they're not technically tortilla chips they're bean chips. (laughs) okay bean chips whatever man yeah no that's a good answer i think um more people should make uh holiday themed dishes or have a halloween themed dinner that's this potluck that i went to was such a good idea i'm probably going to do it every year now wherever i'm at because everybody bringing some halloween themed dish and then eating them all together is like a really weird cool experience (laughs) yeah i love it and it's a great pre precursor prequel to thanksgiving (laughs) precursor prequel to thanksgiving nice yeah i I'm going to have to do a Friendsgiving this year, which will still be fun. But Thanksgiving is a, it's one of those meals where somebody in the family usually makes everything and it's too much. <laughs> yes. I remember last year when I went to my, like normally my family has a really large Thanksgiving with like all of our cousins and everybody else. Um, but we chose to have a smaller one last year. It's just my immediate family. So we went from a group of like, 40 to a group of like six and apparently there were some issues with scaling because uh when my uh, stepdad brought out the gravy it was like a vat of gravy like <laughs> like like six liters of gravy like oh no multiple gallons of gravy no <laughs> was it was it all consumed i hope not no, it was not. Okay. You couldn't even tell that anybody ate anything from the pot because it was just like <laughs> so over the top. That sounds great. Oh, 
Do you remember when we went to Lagoon too? And they had this, they have, which is an amusement park. They had this special, uh, they have special haunted houses there. And they have this one that was pitch dark, but only there was like neon glow in the dark or glowing things that reflected. Oh yeah. And it was the clown center and you could, everything was, you could see nothing except the colors that were glowing on the walls. But a lot of them were people in suits with the matching patterns and, that was maybe the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> yeah, for being like these like weird thrown together haunted houses in this like normal amusement park, like those are some of the best haunted houses I've been to. Um, which is like funny because Utah in general has some of the best rated haunted houses uh, in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those lagoon haunted houses, like amusement park haunted houses, were amazing. Yeah, the clown robe, terrifying. The fact that you wear like weird like three D hologrammy glasses throughout the whole thing, like mushroom eaters glasses the whole time is just like it exacerbates the chaos. Like Yeah. Um and then yeah, they had the whole like vampire themed haunted house. That was a surreal experience because they started using um scents in that haunted house, which is like not oh, yeah. normally um yeah, like they used olfactory stuff, <laughs> smells, which is not normally like a sense that's engaged in a lot of haunted houses. So that was pretty cool. That was really cool. I yeah, I love that experience too. And they have all like seven different ones, and you can choose uh, which themes and ones you want to go to, uh, and then you could go to each of them once. But I think the best part is that so many people are into it. Everybody's there for it, and everybody dresses up and goes, and that makes the experience way better. Oh yeah, it's really it's really good. Maybe we need to make a haunted house one year. Maybe that's that's oh. one of our callings. Uh, I've wanted to make design a haunted house for a long time because um, I think I'd be really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I also felt the same way. I feel like all the experience we've had <laughs> growing up has led us to making a good haunted house. <laughs> I, um. Sorry, we lost Nick for a second. Let's see if I can can call him back. Accepted. We're back. It it finally happened. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say that I think making a haunted house is exciting because you get it not only get the theme and dive into it, but that immersiveness and like going all out on the details and then really ranking up the story to be something crazy that nobody's going to expect that's what making a haunted house is all about oh yes yes thank you computer (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh, there's so many great things you could do um so many new ways you could like work in terror whether it be like using sense or um like or like the fear factory you were talking about, like fear of heights, like walking across a rickety like catwalk five stories up in an abandoned factory. Like there's some great stuff you could work in. Yeah. Yeah. I always wanted to make the floor fall out or something and you actually fall down into like a weird foam pit that doesn't feel like foam. Like really over the top stuff like that happening would be awesome. Oh, that'd be really cool. That's in London. There's a the company punch drunk that makes these big immersive theater experiences that feel a little bit similar where they'll take like a whole building like a hotel or something. And then they will convert the whole, uh, 
experience into these different stories or like modes of the story and it, it works a lot like a haunted house but they're not creepy a lot of the time they're you're like solving a mystery or experiencing a movie oh, by walking awesome. through the rooms yeah and they'll they'll bring like 20 tons of sand and put it in there or if they want to or just do whatever they really go over the top to, to make it immersive i'm surprised i haven't seen like a haunted house escape room pop up yet I guess there's kind of like creepy themed escape rooms. I think it's because um, escape rooms have to be run and they take a while and their haunted houses yeah. are, are better experienced as like a moving unit. Yeah, like a throughput kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I would like to do uh, something a little more hands-on with a haunted experience though. I mean, I have, <laughs> I, I went into the, the rabbit hole a little bit of, some of the strange uh, horror experiences you can pay to do where you have to sign some extreme waivers and you basically get tortured. Um, God. This, I know it sounds, it sounds extreme, but like some people really are really into this. Uh, I found out and they will pay to have people like drag them around or chain them up or do weird stuff. And it's not, not anything sexual. It's like just, this is just <laughs> for what, that clarification. Yeah. Just for that. Uh, because you would think like fear and all that, but this is just people who want to be, want to like, I guess really feel that fear of being in a haunted house, but to the next level. So the, they will pay to go to these extreme experiences. Um, but I, w- I would want to explore something more like sensual as in, um, right. Like scent you were talking about, or maybe yeah. like having those like blood splatters of like fake blood that are with water or something, you know, like really, really pushing the envelope of uh, what you can make the senses experience. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think there's all sorts of interesting things you could do. Um, I remember I went to this like uh, sound theater in San Francisco once um, where they had like, I think it was like, you know, 500 speakers yeah, dangling on these like strings and like embedded in the walls in a 360 thing around the entire room, like floor, ceiling below you. And you sat you know, on this like in these like soft chairs above this like net and you closed your eyes. They turned out all the lights and like they created these like ultra 3D soundscapes Whoa. Um, around you. And it was really cool, but I would love to use something like something like that kind of like in a in a haunted house, you know yeah create like really scary noises just like all around you and like circling you and yeah yeah make you all disoriented and not knowing exactly what's going on or where you're going if you could do that in a sound isolation room as well because that's something else i've been in a few sound isolation rooms it was the coolest experience because you just hear ringing in your ears for the first like two minutes because that's what you're experiencing all the time from all the yeah the sensory overload i guess just from constant input and then you go in there and there's nothing you just hear yourself and then you hear your heartbeat after that when things have calmed a little bit and then uh yeah yeah everything that's every sound that's played is um immediately deadened because the walls deadened all the sound so you just hear the the most crystal clear perfect version of what it could be and then it's gone Mm um i'd love to see a haunted house that uses like kind of required a lot more engagement by the user also like imagine a haunted house that includes you like obstacle courses like you climbing over things or like moving things and like 
uh, or like maybe kind of like the one we went to with the paintball guns, like having to shoot the zombies. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. What if there was like a horde of zombies that chased you, and you had to get out fast enough, and it, like they would collect you and push you out of the haunted house if you weren't fast enough, and then you, your experience was over. So if you wanted the whole experience, you had to run and like get away from them. That sounds great. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> See. We're already there. We just need to get the space and make one of these. Yeah. Whoever wants to come to our haunted house, uh, let us know somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be ter- terrifying. Are there, do you know of any cool online experiences or haunted experiences or anything that, that's going on that would be internet-based? Oh, online haunted experience. No, but that sounds cool. <laughs> I'm thinking of those like immersive alternate reality games. Um, like if you could like somehow participate in one of those that was all like Halloween themed, that would be really fun. Yeah, that sounds great. I I was also thinking. I wonder if there's any like chat get-togethers or maybe some artistic exploration or experience, or maybe people are getting together to solve a mystery or or go hunting for something. I'm sure there's plenty of cool stuff going on. I just wish I knew about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll do some research and and uh next next week we should definitely go over what happened on Halloween. Yes. We will have to review our experiences. They're sure to be spooky and delicious. <laughs> spooky and delicious. Yes, that's what Halloween's all about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, we don't know what we're talking about next week, so I guess... No, we gotta, we got to spin the, spin the wheel. We gotta mental sp- wheel. Spin the mental <laughs> wheel. <laughs> Let me just pull a word out of your brain, Nick. Just... <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right, well, we will uh, see everyone in some due time. Have a good creepy halloween and eat all of the things that are covered in sugar yes and pumpkins eat all the pumpkins (laughs) yes eat the pumpkins and eat everything covered in pumpkins and don't go pumpkin smashing you little jerks no never do that those people go straight to the seventh circle of hell (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can only smash your own pumpkins which i did one year when i had this massive pumpkin and it was very satisfying That should be the sound cue for the end of this episode. A smashed pumpkin. (laughs) That was popping a pumpkin. Sorry, I got it all wrong.